This is a HeadGum Podcast. They're not just super. They're not just special. They're not just super. They're not just special. They're the super specials. Crocabunga. Oh, Crocabunga, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> How's that? And Crocabunga Baby Nation. And Crocabunga to you, Baby Can Nation. Can we just say Crocabunga for the rest of the super specials instead of hi hi? Yeah, it's gr- fucking great. And thing instead to say. of attention campers and counselors, which is the worst. Yeah. Crocabunga, super babies. Well, would you like to give some context for it so it doesn't seem like we're just saying a like a, a weird, like off brand Ninja Turtles thing? Yeah, I can. I don't know if context is going to make it make any more sense, but here's I the just, context, Super yeah. Babies. Jackie Radowski says it when he sees Pete Black in a crocodile costume and he throws a styrofoam rock at him. <laughs> in fact, he doesn't just say it. He like gets such a kick out of it that in the dress rehearsal for the play, which is what this novel is about, he finds a way to add crocabunga into his lines it becomes like a catchphrase and the audience fucking loves it yeah they eat it up and the director of the play dick cheney has to <laughs> that was a bold move by Anne to, p- to put dick cheney in this one but it makes sense yeah you oh know? it makes sense this is uh, what he was up to back then yeah everybody's trying to change jm barry's original i haven't seen that this. movie yet oh yeah the new one coming out vice vice but I think there's a whole part in there about when he was a, a middle young... school theater <laughs> teacher. Yeah. Christian Bale just nails it. It just yeah. inhabits that role. Crocabunga Super Babies. My name is Tanner Greenring. Crocabunga Super Babies. My name is Jack Shepard. And welcome to the Babysitter's Club Super Club. That's not how we do it. And welcome to the Babysitter's Club Super Club. I'm Jack Shepard, your Tanner Greenring. Tanner Greenring. This is a podcast where we talk about the super special Babysitter's Club books. The Babysitter's Club super specials by The Little Night Owl, The Ocean Princess, The Laughing Mirror, The Space Mountain known as Snow Mommy. She is the fast-figured swordman, the condor in the squall, the ghost eyes, and the knife Martin a frugal master. I honestly cannot even remember the context for 75% of what you just said. Ghost eyes? Totally yeah. new to me. Well, here's what I'm going to need you to do is, um, I think you're editing this one. Can you put like a cool little like stinger sound behind each epithet to really make it like pop a little bit? Oh, sure. You know yeah. what I'm going to do for ghost eyes? Yeah. Is, do you know the sound effect that Boo makes in Super Mario World? Perfect. Yeah, do that. Ooh. It's like a yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like a little like giggle. Or... That's great. So I'll do that. I can I. I just want to take care of it right up front. Okay. Let me okay. say the name of the book. This week, Super Babies, we read a book that was called "Starring the Babysitters Club." What it's a weird. Mean, what was it called? It was starring. called something starring the Babysitters Club. But what was it called? Starring the Babysitters. Yeah, Club. Yeah, but what was the title of the book? Starring. I get that it was starring the Babysitters Club, but what was super the title special of the book? number nine starring. The Babysitter's Club. Yeah, but what was the title of the book? I know it was starring. The book is okay. This is I understand. This is difficult because the book, like every book, stars the Babysitter's Club. Right. Exactly. Yes. But this Thank one is you. actually We're on the same page. So, what was the book called? It was starring the Babysitter's Club. Right. I know. Okay. So this week, the book is about the Babysitter's Club, and they're in a play. And yes. the book, yeah, no, I is read it. Starring the Babysitter's Club. And it's called... Starring the Babysitter's Club. Good. Good bit. <laughs> well, now that we're here, I want to talk about something that is near and dear to your wife's heart. Uh-oh. Should I get her in here? You were just chatting with her a little bit. Uh, yeah, you can get her in here. No, I think she went to bed. Okay, she, fine. She's both pregnant and sick. Which Do you know what happens when you're pregnant and sick? You go to bed. You can't take meds. Oh yeah, and you gotta like lie. You gotta lie on your side and like wrap your knees around this like weird snake pillow. Well, uh, Jamie doesn't do that. Well, she should. Okay, she does have a weird snake pillow that I think honestly I use more often than she does. (laughs) Well, give it back to her. I like it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> you like something to wrap your knees around? No, I wrap it around my head. Like, <laughs> a, like I'm being choked by an anaconda. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, that's yeah. the only way I can sleep, too. <laughs> Listen, Anne or the Scholastic Lawyers have a frankly demented view of title case. Yeah, yeah, Jamie does complain about this quite a bit. And she's right to. It's disgusting. It's vile. It's an abomination. There's something only a twisted mind could come up with the title case decision that the scholastic liars have come up with for the super specials here. Only a pervert like Anne could do do what she did. It's perverted. It's perverted. Starring the babysitter's club. It's camel case. Did you say camel case? Yeah. What is that? It's alternating. Every word, lower, upper, lower, upper, lower. That's just how you said it. That's how it's listed. Capital S, starring, lowercase t, the, capital B, baby, lowercase s, sitters, capital C, club. But what Anne has done here defies the imagination. It's Lovecraftian. It's an eldritch horror of capitalization. Well, it's not the only one in this book. I'll tell you that right up front. What she's chosen to do is, babysitters, she's chosen to hyphenate. Which is fine. I don't love it, but it's what she's chosen to do throughout these novels, and she's been consistent there. But she capitalizes the B and not I pre- that. I prefer she say baby's sitter. Baby's sitter. Right. Okay, well, I'm glad you're not Starring in the baby's sitter club. But, but <laughs> the problem is the S for sitters, the first S of sitters. Lowercase. An abomination. I know. I agree with you, and I agree with Jamie, and I don't know. But, like, you know what? I'm not, Jack. What? A professional writer or okay. editor. Yeah. Well. Well, I guess technically I am both, of both those a things. professional <laughs> writer and editor. I'm not a professional book writer or editor. Right. And if you were, you would know that there is no style guide in the world that will tell you to lowercase the second word in a hyphenated word. I when never you're using would, man, case. but you know what? We're internet people. Yeah. We came up with, in the internet age where we're putting caps on literally every word, because you know why? Yeah. That's the way Google wants it. Well, that's fine, too. Anne's I'm not worried about, about that. Google. And I don't know what Anne is trying to do. It feels like a like a art piece that's designed to like antagonize and shock you, make you think about society. There's also some pretty like obvious spoilers right here on the cover. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Let's get into that. Because Anne... One sec. Karis? Karis. Yep. Is she here? Can you just set up over there? She's setting up. Yeah. Yeah, So just play whenever you're ready, Karis. If heaven and hell decide to converge on Stony Brook And you don't depict a scene from the page of the book If there's no one beside you and your soul in both I will swallow you And I say, oh, oh, swallow me down, oh, oh. That's that love and sound. That's what I was waiting for. Thank you, Karis. So this is a segment where we talk about the wonderful and fascinating and interesting covers of the Babysitter's Club books by Babysitter's Club art director Hodges Swallow. It's called Swallow You Into the Dark. It's called Swallow Me Down. So Anne, Anne did a thing that... I think is a direct retort to the mistake that Hodges has made on this cover. If you look at the dedication to this novel, Tanner, it says, did you look at this? Um, no. It says, for Brian Selznick, a rising star. Okay. Did you look into Brian Selznick? Oh, I did. And I assume he's some probably... Lower down at Scholastic in 1991, who has since risen to fame in some beautiful way. Are you Googling him? No, because you said you did. I did. I'd like for you to. Okay. (laughs) Brian Selznick. So he had a... Okay. So he had an orchestra. No, that's Setzer. And... No. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like he was part of the, cell, cell. the Stray Cats. Yes. No, it sounds like he was part of the ska revival in the 1990s. Uh-huh. 
now he's writing for CNN? Yes, that is Brian Setzer. Okay. Now should we do my thing where we look up the name of the person who this book was dedicated to? Brian Selznick. Yes. Clicking the first link I found, www.theinventoryofhugocabre.com slash about underscore Brian underscore B-O dot H-T-M. Bio. Hello there. My name is Brian Selznick, and I'm the author and illustrator of The Invention of Hugo Cabret. Right. I was born in 1996 in New Jersey. 1966. (laughs) I have a sister who is a teacher, a brother who is a brain surgeon, and five nephews and one niece. I studied at RISD, and after I graduated from college, I worked at Eeyore's Books for Children in New York City. That's Rhode Island School of Design. Baby Nation knows. (laughs) I learned all about children's books from my boss, Steve Geck, who is now an editor of children's books at Green Willow. While I was at Eeyore's, I also painted the windows for holiday and book events. Tanner, what is Brian Selznick? The author of The Invention of Hugo... There's more. Okay, so no, get off that first link. Look Look at your Google search for him. And tell me what you think it is that he does. Jesus, God. Well, I mean, that was from my Google search. That's he one lives of in the Brooklyn. things that he does. <gasps> he lives in Brooklyn. Oh, my God. You're hopeless at this. You're hopeless He's at this. I, it's astonishing to me that I ever thought it would be a good idea to just let you discover it for yourself. Tanner, Brian Selznick is now one of the most famous and beloved children's book illustrators of all time. Okay, here's what I'm looking at now. I'm on his Wikipedia page. Oh, 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 now you find his Wikipedia page, you here's motherfucker? Some the, here's some of the stuff he's he's illustrated. <laughs> okay. Harry Dolph, Potter! Dollface has a party, 1994. Okay. There you go. Picture book by Pam Conrad. Um, the Doll People, 2000, by Anne M. Martin and Laura there we Godwin. Go. Oh, so Anne, when Anne went and did another thing, who did she choose? Brian. The Harry Potter series. The Harry Potter series. There we go. 2018. It, it took Tanner two and a half hours of Googling to figure out that the illustrator of the Harry Potter series was the well, illustrator of the Harry little, Potter series. I wanted some... He's not the illustrator. He's like the most recent yes. illustrator Yes, of the no, Harry that's Potter true. Series. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And I but wanted he, some background into him. I now know that he lives in Brooklyn, like okay. me. All right. And San Diego. He's got two homes. Okay. Well, let's bring this back that's to the point. That's interesting, isn't it? No, it's not. What is interesting, Tanner... I want you to do a little thought experiment. Okay. I'm closing my eyes. Okay. It's 1993. Okay. I'm nine. No, you're Hodges Swallow. Daddy, I want a bottle. <laughs> no. <laughs> Is that how you're talking when you were nine? <laughs> no, Is that how nine-year-olds talk? You're Hodges Swallow. Okay. The <clears throat> <clears throat> A young, talented illustrator at Scholastic. I don't think he was that young. He's in his... <laughs> Hodges is not on Wikipedia. Now you go to Wikipedia? <laughs> Born in 1943, he is 75. Okay, so, so in, in 1993, 1993 he's a he young 50-year-old. Okay, probably... Okay strapping he's in the prime of his career out in his studio all day out in the studio painting up a storm and he's in the last few years he's got himself a fucking great gig because he has been signed on to paint the covers of the classic instant classic babysitter's club sitter's cycle by Anne the knife martin herself yes 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 Cooking with gas, you're doing well, you're doing your crazy shit on the covers, everybody loves you, you're making a name for yourself, you've got the sweet sinecure. And then you do a super special, and you finally get your crisp new copy of Starring the Babysitter's Club in the mail. You open it up, you look at your, you admire your handiwork on the front cover. It's beautiful. Open it up. There is a spoiler, but... The first thing that you see, you're like, oh shit, I put a spoiler in the cover, but I'm sure no one will mind. Then you open up the book, and the first thing that you see is a dedication. And the dedication says, for Brian Selznick, a rising star. In the ska revival movement. No, no, in the children's illustration. 
What do you think? If you're Hodges, what do you think? Here's what confuses me. Okay. Is this book, <laughs> as most of the super specials are, is full of illustrations. Yeah. I just assumed they were Hodges. They Maybe. look like Hodges. Maybe. I don't even know. Maybe it is Hodges. Well, then why is Anne shouting out Brian Seltzer? Because she's fucking mad at Hodges for putting a spoiler in the front cover. She's like, guess what, Hodges? There are plenty of other fucking up-and-coming illustrators who I can throw work to. I don't need you. Like, in Googling Brian Seltzer, I'm seeing a lot of his art, and it's not, it does not feel like Hodges' art. It no, not at like all. It doesn't look like any of these illustrations at all. No, not at all. This is this is this here. This illustration I'm showing you of Don yeah, singing. That looks like Hodges. That's Hodges. Yeah. Get you know what? Yeah. I'm on Hodges' side in this. No, so am I. I'm on I, the Hodges side of the Civil War. Thank you. That's Fuck the Brian Seltzer. Fuck Brian Seltzer. Fuck the fucking Scar revival. Yeah, that was stupid. It was a waste of time. It was a waste of everybody's time. We Nobody all liked the fucking fucking flash cherry popping daddies. Nobody or the liked nut zippers. Or, or, zoot hey, suit Ryan. Guess what? Guess what? That name. Fucking yeah. gross. Bad. And I hated it. Yeah. But you I hated did own their albums. Absolutely well. I owned <laughs> But I was not advertising that I was a huge fan of the Cherry Pop and Daddies. Way too afraid of sex at that age. Yeah. To talk about cherry popping. Yeah. No, and now not. I'm too sexually progressive and also still afraid of sex. Yeah. And to soon to be a daddy. That. Yes. So you are a Cherry Pop and Daddy. Don't. Congratulations. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> anyway Hodges put a spoiler in the fucking cover he puts Jesse in a crocodile suit and it's a huge spoiler because Which doesn't happen till the third act the whole book. book is about how Jesse wants to play Peter Pan and then when she doesn't she gets cast as a pirate and then she, when she doesn't want to be a pirate she is the assistant choreographer and then at the last second she gets in the crocodile suit at the last second and breaks the nose of my precious angel yeah Pete, Pete black. black yeah my sweet boy my she sweet, ruins his sweet face boy. just so jesse can have a shot at the crocodile brutal and jesse deserves nothing in this book jesse was a real dingleberry in this jesse book. was the worst um let's talk about Anne's epithet and then let's describe this novel <clears throat> i have some pitches okay Hit me. I've got one, but I want to hear yours first. Okay. I think it's one of two things. Okay. And I'm curious what you think. Yeah. First one, The Tender Shepherd. Oh, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Where does it come from? I heard a giggle come from Koki. She was sitting in the front row of the auditorium, dressed up as Tiger Lily. Grace Bloom was next to her. I caught sight of them as I began The Tender Shepherd mm. number with Don, Jackie, and Barry Soder. I love it. And that's very, and, and that epithet, and Super Babies puts an epithet in every one of these super specials that she wants us to call her by. And they always either aggrandize her in some way or they point to a role that she has in our lives. And I have often thought of Anne as the tender shepherd. I, here's what I like about it. Yeah. It sounds nice. Yeah. It's fitting. It's what mm -hmm. she is. She guides us. Yep. With tenderly. Her, with her crook. Right? Mm hmm. Don't love that it's your last name. It feels problematic. Yeah. Do you think of me as the tender shepherd? No. Not at all? No. What if I were being tender? You'd have to. Yeah, I've never known you to be tender. If I were, you'd have to, though. Here's my pitch. Yeah. Second pitch. And okay. I feel really confident about this one, too. Okay. By this point, I was losing my spot before the list on the wall. Several more kids had squeezed in front of Grace and me. This is Koki, by the way. Koki. Koki. Oh, we got a Koki point of view, and she has a star turn in this novel. She's amazing. Koki Mason. I hate it. There were so many people. We entered the mind of so many people this week that I really yeah. like hated living in that space. It was a violation to be forcibly thrust into the mind of Koki Mason. But boy, well, among did I suddenly others. understand who she is yeah you know who, who else i didn't love being in the mind of jackie yeah like oh oh that was horrifying it was horrifying. like it was like all of a sudden i was like experiencing new dimensions i had never known before, it was just you know? a, like it was impossible almost impossible to read the words because it was just like this like endless aching screaming in my mind right. as i was yeah. trying to read it yeah. right Whoa. Uh, so this is from Koki's perspective. Uh -huh. By this point, I was losing my spot before the list on the wall. Several more kids had squeezed in front of me and Grace. 
and others were surging around us on both sides. One of them was Claudia Kishi. A bunch of her friends must have been somewhere behind us because she stood there forever shouting out names for them to hear. Logan, you're going to be a pirate, she yelled. All right, I could hear him yell back. Which one? Uh, I don't know. Oh, wait, it looks like Noodler. (laughs) Yeah, Noodler. So, the Noodler. The Noodler. And she makes a big point of that. I think, though, I will say that she makes a big point in this novel about how Logan, Logan's whole plot in this text is that he doesn't want to be called the Noodler. The Noodler. No, but, like, think about what it means. Like, what is your noodle, right? It's your brain. Your brain. Yeah. And Anne's brain is a gift. Oh, yeah. So I think for Anne, noodler is a compliment. The noodler. The great brain. The great brain, yeah. Yeah. So I think it could be either the noodler or the tender shepherd. Did you have any ideas? I have one. And this is also, this will serve as the entirety of Marianne's plot, because this is all Marianne does in this novel. And I'm starting to think that Anne has a vendetta against Marianne, because she's basically just taken her out of all of these super specials. Yeah, that's true, actually. Last last week in, in uh, Shadow Lake, she, her thing was like nothing. You know what Mary Ann's thing always is? She's the one who's closest to the babysitting. Yeah, no, that's She's, true. She always defaults to babysitting, which yeah. she did last week. She did. There were no babies in last week's book. Yeah. But, but somehow Marianne, found Marianne a way ended up babysitting. Well, which brings me to this epithet. Listen to this. I nodded. Relief flooded through me. I knew Savannah was upset with me. This is Mallory talking. And it, she means the city in Georgia. And she means uh, Savannah, who's the associate set designer. Oh, uh, okay. That's probably got to shed some light for you now that you realize that. Right. I thought she meant the entire population of Savannah, Georgia. I've been there. It's nice. I knew Savannah was upset with me, but at least for now, I would only have to measure little kids. We'll get to that. No, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Mallory is walking around trying to measure people for costumes. Little kids. Little kids. Unfortunately, Savannah wasn't the only one upset with me. Marianne was no happier. Mallory, she said, I am the backstage babysitter. Please remember that. The backstage babysitter. Is that or is that not what Anne is? In our lives and in these books. In our lives, certainly. In these books, she's definitely front of stage. She's behind the scenes. She's babysitting these women. Well, that's true. Well, I don't know. Do we want to add all three to the... Do we want to throw out Noodler? Yeah, I think we got to throw out Noodler. I like and the Noodler. I love the Tender Shepherd. Okay, let's officially hang the jersey for Tender Shepherd yeah. and Backstage Babysitter yeah. in the rafters yeah. to be pulled down at will for inclusion in the lineup at the beginning of every future episode. Perfect. All right. And Moving on, Tanner, I would like for you to describe this novel. Crocabunga. I'm going to do this off the top of my mind as I do every week. Mm-hmm. Should I just begin? Yep, go for it. Okay, here I go. Jesse Ramsey, played by Miles Teller, is an ambitious <laughs> young stage performer. Okay. Single. Mo- Why are you responding to me? This is my description. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it starts. It started a little different from how you normally do it. You, okay, let me. And let I've got to say, you said <clears throat> I don't want to quibble at all, but you said played by Miles Teller. I don't remember that. Let okay. me start over and do yeah. my gravitas voice. Okay, thank you. <clears throat> Jesse Ramsey, played by Miles Teller, okay, is an ambitious young stage performer, single-minded in her pursuit to rise to the top of her elite coastal middle school production of Peter Pan. Plagued by the failed writing career of her father, Jessie hungers day and night to become one of the greats. Dick Cheney, played by J.K. Simmons, an instructor equally known for his... I just, because you said Dick Cheney, which is right, Dick Cheney is in this book. And he's the director of the play, but then you said played by J.K. Simmons. Did I say that? Yeah, and that's not. I, this isn't. Um, I just. He's not played by anyone. He is just the character in the novel. I just um, thought it was weird. I don't want. I. I just. I don't know. I know you're doing this off the top of your head. Okay, I'll just. 
Let me take a step back and try to remember where I was. Um, plagued by her failed running career, father Jesse Hunger's day nights ago. Okay, Dick Cheney, an instructor equally known for his teaching talents as well as his terrifying methods, leads the top theater program in Stony Brook Middle School. Cheney discovers Jesse and transfers the aspiring theater actor into his choreography program, forever changing the young woman's life. Jesse's passion to achieve perfection quickly spirals into obsession as her ruthless teacher continues to push her to the brink of both her ability and her sanity. Mean Man teaches uh, drama lessons. Babysitter's Club Super <laughs> Special Number Nine, starring the Babysitter's Club. Babysitter's Club Super Special Number Nine, starring the Babysitter's Club. Also known as Mean Man teaches drama lessons to a girl. Yeah. <laughs> Good. That was great. I was, tr- yeah. I was I was waiting for other moments to cut in because it kind of sounded like you were taking that from somewhere else. No, I don't think so. Had to run tomatoes. But you have fairly accurately described this novel. Yeah. No, that was um I was just right off the top of my head. And not the Rotten Tomatoes synopsis for I just want to make sure. Just want to make sure it wasn't the was not the Rotten Tomatoes synopsis for Oscar-winning film "Mean Man Teaches Drum Lessons to a Boy," starring it J.K. Simmons. And absolutely not the Rotten Tomato synopsis for the Oscar-winning film "Mean Man Teaches Drums to a Boy." Yeah, I'm actually not even sure that was ever the name of a movie. What do you mean? I don't think there was ever a movie by that title. But we've both agreed that that was a very good synopsis of yes. this book. And I think we should move on to your synopsis in the, the 92nd Rundown. I love the theme song for the 92nd Rundown. Y'all ready for this? Um, this is a segment wherein I describe this novel in 90 seconds, 90 perfect seconds that will delight your ears and tickle your minds. You remember when we used to do the show, The Babysitter's Club Club? Mm-hmm. And people would complain when we took too long to get to the book descriptions. Uh-huh. I love that we're sitting at a tight 34 right now. <laughs> Which I'm sure like, we're going to edit it down and we're probably going to be at like 30? 25 or 30. But like, it's yeah. taken us quite a while to get But we here. talked about the... Co- I see it th- feels so good. It feels right. It feels right. And I've been allowing it because we talked about the cover of this book... We talked about the plot of this book. We talked about Jesse. We talked about Marianne. We talked about the mean man. We talked about the mean man. We talked about Dick Cheney. Yep. It's all in the text, Super Babies. Um, you want me to? You want me to describe this novel? That's what no, you want. I don't. I'm fine if you don't. We I'm not talking to on. you. Oh, okay, talking oh, to them, to him, to her. <laughs> <laughs> what if God was one? Of what if God us? were one of us? Well, I'm not. Joan Osborne. Well, take it up with her. If you was Joan Osborne, maybe (laughs) you'd do a better job with your fucking syntax. (laughs) Do your description. (laughs) Stop yelling at me. I was yelling at Joan Osborne through you. I know, but (laughs) you're killing the messenger here. (laughs) That's some real collateral damage. (laughs) All right, put 90 seconds on a timer, and I'm going to describe this novel. Oh, you want me to do that? Yes, I want you to do that. Okay. I thought you were still talking to Joan Osborne. <laughs> In five, four, okay. three, okay. Okay. two, one. Okay, starring the Babysitter's Club. There's a play going on at Stony Brook Middle School. It's going to be Peter Pan. Uh, everyone's trying out. Everyone in the Babysitter's Club is trying out. Jessie gets it in her head that she, because she's like a dance maven and she's so good and she's in swan lake she's definitely going to get the part of peter pan even though she's only in the sixth grade um she tries out christy tries out to try and get the part of she just wants to be the crocodile uh what happens in the end though is that 
Christy gets the part of Peter Pan because she does such a good job. And Jesse gets no part at all because uh, she's a bad singer and actor. Dingle Marianne brain. and Jesse is being really awful about it to all the babysitters and she's mean and she's not cool about it. Marianne is the backstage babysitter. That's her whole plot line. Cokie Mason is in the play as well. She and Dawn both try out for the part of Tiger Lily. Cokie Mason gets it. But Dawn gets the part of Wendy. She's being a feminist and is trying to be feminist, Wendy. And instead of uh, sewing things for the Lost Boys, she tries to change the line so that the Lost Boys like learn to sew themselves. Mallory is the costume designer, and she doesn't want to measure boys. Claudia is the set designer, and she's super worried about a piece of scenery falling on Cokie Mason, who is threatening her all the time. Logan doesn't want to be the pirate called the noodler um, and is almost kicked out of the play. Jackie Radowski is in the play and he is afraid of the crocodile and a lot of antics ensue. Stacy is Mrs. Darling and she doesn't want to be married to Sam Stop who is talking. Mr. Darling. You're out of time. Stop the talking. Beep, 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 beep. And Perfect. Strike everything after Cokie Mason off the record. What do you mean Cokie Mason? No. That, what do you mean no, Cokie Mason? I, I wasn't had, paying close attention. I was looking at the clock. <laughs> the Stacy and Sam stuff, yeah. strike from the record. Okay, fine. You didn't get that. Okay, but I got almost everything else in this. You got period. almost everything else. Jack, Fantastic I just want to quickly address something you missed, which is the romance between Stacy and Sam. You definitely didn't get that. I started to. Okay. But you didn't get it, and you yeah. did a poor job. And okay. I used to do this in 60 seconds, and, and it was a lot. All, you often got almost nothing in there. No, I don't think that's true. Often. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Um, <laughs> we did it this yeah, we week. Did it. Yeah, thank God. So stressful. I... So stressful. Good book. What a good one. What a barn burner. We loved this. Jesse is such a dingleberry. Oh, she's awful. Let me read you this passage. Yeah. Dick Cheney does a callback mm-hmm. where he asks a number of people to come back up for further auditions and further yep. testing. Mm-hmm. Dawn clutched at my elbow. Uh, is that good or bad, Jesse? She squeaked. He called my name. Is, is that good or bad? Oh, it's very good, I assured her. I smiled. Mr. Cheney wants to see you again. It means you impressed him. <laughs> oh, Don smiled back, but then she frowned. He didn't call your name, Jesse. I patted her arm. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Of course Mr. Cheney hadn't called my name. He'd already made up his mind about the role of Peter Pan. I left the auditorium feeling pleased and confident. <laughs> Jesse. She's so full of hubris. This She's thing. so full of hubris, my God. It's Shakespearean. Mm. It's biblical. It's biblical. Yeah, she's she's a real dingleberry, and then like obviously, 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 her hopes are dashed, and Dick Cheney's like, um, you can't sing, you can't dance, and you're in the sixth grade. No, you can dance, but there's not much dancing in this. You can't. We don't need you to do act. like tour jeté throughout the you can, fucking. You're very stage. good at dancing. You can't act, and you can't sing. And also, and you're in like, the sixth grade. You were also always the star of various things in like, right. Stanford. You've been in everything. This is a school play to try to like give other people an opportunity. I want to throw Christy a bone, even though she's in Casting Christy. Well, that was a weird one. Casting Christy was a weird choice as Peter Pan. Sure, although like in a lot of ways, it's very obvious too. Like Christy is like Christy is constantly being described as like boyish. I think she's like a tomboy. True. She's short. She's short. She's yep. immature. She's athletic, so she can do all the all the dances and stuff. I gotta say, this was pretty close to the bone of Anne, who has close to the bone by Anne, who has spent the last however many books trying to justify the fact that she never allowed these kids to grow old. Yeah, we get it, Anne. <laughs> yeah. Then it's like, <laughs> look, what if they're into play Peter Tan? And <laughs> see, that's a nice fairy tale. You like that one, right? Right, right, right. We get it. it. We fucking get it. J.M. Barry, you are not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dawn really tries to fuck with the formula this week. Oh, which is my strike against the patriarchy. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Did what? Did you have a strike against the patriarchy this week, Tanner? Um, no, but I had a 
related but different new segment I would love to introduce. But first, okay. I want to hear your strike against the patriarchy. It's Dawn, man. Yeah, she really she really gives it to the patriarchy. She really fucking goes for it. You know, I said after a while, Peter Pan has some nerve. What? said Marianne. He's so selfish. The only reason he wants Wendy to come back to Neverland with him is so she can be a mother to him and the Lost Boys. He just wants someone who will cook and clean and sew for him. Wendy knows that. Peter Pan is very upfront with her, said Marianne. But he wants a maid, I protested. And then she, throughout the first, like, ten weeks of rehearsals, changes all of her lines. Yeah, to be, like, to be subversive. Like, teaching feminism to the lost boys and right. i love i loved it though dawn is difficult <laughs> <laughs> also like but like fuck cheney because like it actually wouldn't be that hard like dawn's yeah. little changes are like just sew your shadow on yourself idiot like, no that's a good not point hard mr cheney and cheney's like no it yeah. needs to be the way it is that's a fucking good point like update it that would be that would kill that would kill mm. at Sony Brook Middle School. It would like, kill, and it wouldn't. It wouldn't affect cue, the play at all. Update it a little bit. Like she wants to teach the Lost Boys how to cook, so she doesn't have to be their maid. Right. That's and she wants reasonable. to teach Peter Pan how to sew, because so he can sew his own shadow on. You know yeah. how to sew, Jack? Yes. You do? Yeah. Not well. <laughs> <laughs> no, me neither. Yeah, but neither um, does Sarah. Can I? Your wife? Yeah. So the, this family is just like a. You know what? Sewing I don't family. Think, I think if Jamie and I had to like sew something, yeah, I might win that competition. I think same here. I think if some sewing had to happen, it would probably be me. I'm like good with my hands. Yeah, dexterous. Okay, that's enough. Powerful hands. Powerful hands. What was your strike against the patriarchy this week? I don't have one. I have a new segment I want to want to introduce. Okay, it's called the strike. For the patriarchy. <laughs> and it's the moment in which we discuss a uh, blow against feminism. I think this is going to be one of our least popular segments <laughs> of all time. <laughs> like, no one's well, going to go This is what around. happens when you give me a fucking Logan POV, Anne. No one's going to go around wearing our, like, strike for the patriarchy t shirts. <laughs> They're gonna be very, very low selling. It's Anne's fault. She gave she gave us a peek into Logan's twisted mind, <laughs> and that's where I got this. Okay, Cheney's all caught up with Don Schaefer," said Pete Black, who didn't have any more to do than the pirates did. He'd been listening to Don and Christy, who were rehearsing on stage, but now he joined us in the wings. What do you mean he's all caught up with Don? I asked. Should I do that more Southern? Yes, please. More Louisville? What do you mean he's all cut up with Dawn? I asked. Well, listen, Pete replied. We moved closer to the curtain and listened. We could hear Dawn going on and on about women's lib or something. (laughs) (laughs) She was saying that Peter should sew on his own shadow and Wendy should give the Lost Boys cooking lessons. Is she crazy? Asked Alan. She must be, I replied. (laughs) Give the Lost Boys cooking lessons? I don't mean that. I mean, Cheney is going to kill her if she's too much trouble. He'll probably give the part of Wendy to Dawn's understudy. Wow. That's a- some, some boys up in the wings talking about railing against a women's lib. Am I and right? how, how it's crazy. <laughs> and how Dawn's crazy for making so wh- these suggestions. Where do we stand on this segment, the strike for the patriarchy? We're just we're just impartial observers. We're impartial observers. Yeah. We just we know what we're um, on the book. enlightened centrists. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. That's fun. That's fun. <laughs> I can really see both sides of it. <laughs> good. Perfect. So Let's, that's my strike yeah. for the patriarchy. This okay. Week. Good. So it, it cancels out. Tanner, I think we should take a break. Okay. Um, and then we're going to talk about the monster and the beast. That's not what it's called anymore. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, oh we're, It's still we're... UGC week. Oh, okay. Fine. <laughs> we're going to talk about our fearful moment. Yeah. Okay, goodbye. Bye. 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 We're back. We're going to talk about the monster and the beast, probably. But we uh, could... That's not what it's called. It's called the... <gasps> <gasps> Prepare to be scared. Prepare to be scared. <laughs> Monster and the beast. <laughs> there we go. That's all of it. <clears throat> um, I didn't capture. 
You didn't capture one? Okay. So I captured the week- monster because Anne has just decided to put it on a fucking platter for us every week out. single time. Every week, Super Babies, Anne puts a monster and a beast in these super specials for us to discover. Lately, she's been putting the monster on a platter. The beast is harder to find, but the last three books, she's just signaled it. She names the monster. Um, and this week, there's something behind the monster. It worried me that... The implications worried me. Is utterly terrifying. Profound and terrifying. I'll yes. read the passage. So, um, as described, Pete Black plays a crocodile. Crocodile from Peter Pan in this mm. novel. And Jackie Wadowski is afraid of Pete Black. He is afraid of the black crocodile. No, like Michael Darling. Oh, okay. Can I go take this? Ah! I screamed. Ah! I ran for cover. This is a Jackie point of view, by the way. Yeah. So probably all you, this is what I was saying before. All you hear is screaming. That's all he does. Ah! It's just screaming inside your mind. I ran for cover. I hid behind a piece of scenery Claudia was painting. Jackie, what's wrong? Cried Marianne when she found me. I saw a monster. Didn't you see him? A monster? Jackie? Ah! There he is again. That's my William Shatner. There he is again. There he is again. There he is again. It's bad. Both of us did a bad job of it. What is it that William Shatner pronounces wrong? Sabotage. <laughs> you say sabotage, I say sabotage. Okay, we have line 193 again with uh, sab- sabotage and sabotage. I don't say sabotage. You say sabotage. I say sabotage. There he is again. Marianne turned around. She smiled. Jackie, that's Pete Black. That's the crocodile costume. Pete plays Nana. Da da da, da da da, da 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 da. Pete Black, Pete Black, back in black. That's the crocodile costume. Pete plays Nana and the crocodile. Remember? Yes. No matter who was in that costume, I didn't like it. It was scary. Why, Tanner? Is Jackie Radowski afraid of the crocodile? Would you like to enlighten us? Um, I don't know. Okay, would you like me to enlighten you? Yes. Are you familiar with a crocodile in Peter Pan? Yes, TikTok. Why, why do you say TikTok? Swallowed a clock. Swallowed a clock. What is Jackie Radowski most afraid of? Time. Time. I think that makes a lot of sense. Oh, does it? Yes, what, it fucking does. <laughs> what I was concerned about, and what, yeah. what my main worry here was with this passage was that Anne was implying, I saw a monster, didn't you see him? A monster, Jackie, ah, uh, there he is again. Marianne mm-hmm. turned around, she smiled. Jackie, that's Pete Black. Is Anne, first, <sighs> I don't want to get worked up. Okay, please don't. And I don't want to get upset with Anne. No. But first, Anne breaks the nose. Of our beautiful. Of my sweet, beautiful boy. Yeah. Pete Black. Mm-hmm. And then she implies that he's a monster? Yeah. What's she trying to do? It's a character assassination. It's a character assassination. Are you saying, Anne, are you saying that the monster this week is Pete Black? Yeah. I hope not. I hope not. And in Anne. fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy into Jack's theory now that the monster is time. Well, it's both, right? I, th- Jackie's afraid of Pete Black because he represents time in this novel. When he's wearing the crocodile costume. Pete Black swallowed a clock. Yes. The black right. crocodile. Time. Time itself, the black crocodile, Tanner. Time itself, which ravages us all, the great ravager. We should well, all be me. afraid of it. It ravages you. I just look better and better every year. Well, you do. Just improving. Improving. Year over year, growth. Tender Shepherd over here, looking a little the worse for wear. Bad. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. <laughs> looking bad. Uh, it's just so poignant. Jackie Radowski, new super babies. What the fuck are you doing? What? This new Super Babies. You don't like it? Like, why to, Why episode nine yeah. of the Super Special series? Well, I just want Go people back to... to the start, idiot. Jackie Radowski is trapped in time. Start the beginning. Not you. Oh, idiot. The oh, yeah. Super Baby. Okay, I thought you were talking to me. Who decided to dive in at episode nine <laughs> of the Super Special series. They're like, you know what? 131 Babysitter's Club books? Not interested. Go back super to the Super Specials start. one through eight? Not interested. 
this starring the babysitters lark <laughs> this is where i dive in it does seem like this was many people's favorite a, book. a, a fond memory yeah. and fond book for many people there was a lovely thread about uh how great this book was in the baby nation facebook group join it if you're not in it it's a good place to be that was a plug. okay me that was a plug. not you you're in it okay i'm in it me a lot of our listeners aren't okay they should be Jackie's Afraid of Time, the monster this week is the black crocodile, part Pete Black, part crocodile, part time, the great ravager, and Jackie Radowski has more to fear from time than anyone in history, Mm -hmm. because time has destroyed him a multitude of times. Okay, I feel like I agree with you. Yes. And I understand where you're coming from, and I agree that that is definitely our monster this week. And at one point, Jackie throws a styrofoam rock at the crocodile right and marianne asks him about the experience and he says today was the best day of my entire life he combated time he'd fought he throw he throws rocks at time itself. as we know the only way to stop time is rocks that brave little boy right. yeah that's that's it that's a free that's a free piece of advice that's canon that's canon. From the Babysitter's Club Super Specials. Throw rocks at it. It's the only way to stop the ravages of time is throw rocks at yourself. Yeah. While we're here, while we're playing in this space, mm-hmm. while we're talking about old JR, mm-hmm. I want to introduce a segment that I don't think we've introduced on the Super Specials quite yet. Okay. And also, it's a segment that we're bad at introducing. Uh-oh. Um... Okay, let's get it right this time. Let's do it right. Let's commit to ourselves. I don't know what it is, but let's commit to ourselves that we're going to do it right. So find a way to bring me where you need me to be so we fucking nail it the first time. Okay, so here's what's happening. Okay. There's some ukulele music playing. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Track and Jackie. Track and Jackie. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back. And that's it. I think we've done it now. I think that's pretty much the thing. Dragon Jackie, Super Babies is a segment where we talk about the adventures of Jackie Radowski through time and space where he lives an infinite number of lives and dies an infinite number of deaths because Jackie Radowski has come unstuck from time. You know this if you read these texts closely because he is often tripping over things and those trips and falls are the signs that he has blipped out of our universe and into another where he lives an entire lifetime and dies and comes back this week that happened tanner's gonna tell us about it oh i have to do it yeah you introduced the segment okay i kind of thought you were gonna do it did you (sighs) there's a lot of jackie povs in this book yep there are any number of opportunities for us to find our way into a tracking Jackie. Mm-hmm. There are probably a number of blips. Crocabunga. Crocabunga is one of them. Why did you do an Australian accent? I was thinking of uh, Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one that I think I want to gravitate towards for mm-hmm. this segment yeah. comes towards the end of the book as Jackie is walking into the premier performance of Stony Brook Middle School's Jackie keeps trying to fly throughout this book. Jackie keeps trying to fly. He's really obsessed with flying. He wants to be rigged up in such a way that he is able to fly. Mm -hmm. And Dick Cheney keeps saying, no, No. Jackie. No. That's not my vision. Stay close to the ground. Stay close to the ground. Follow my direction. Stay on my beat. Stay on my beat. So that's I I, I want to that's where I, that's my way in here. Mm-hmm. This is a Jackie chapter. Now said the teacher as the bus stopped at the back door of SMS. I do not even know the teacher's name. She teaches fifth grade, and I'm only in second. Now please enter the school very quietly. Remember that classes are in session. I will lead you to the auditorium. I felt so grown up i tried to make myself look taller i felt just a little bit afraid but 
right? Where is this going to go? Dick Cheney eyes Jackie Radowski. Radowski, just do your best. Jackie nods. He looks at the stage directions. Counts in his head. He's ready. Cheney claps the band off. Mid-tempo, far easier than before. Jackie's doing well. Cheney nods and smiles. Cheney, let's see some fills. <laughs> Jackie fills, rolling down the toms. Cheney grins. Jackie, seeing Cheney grin, can't help but smile. Getting into it now, the whole band is building. His drumming growing more intense. He fills again. Oh, snap! We've got a buddy Rich here, Cheney says. <laughs> Jackie grins, fills again, accenting, playing a counter rhythm. When he trips up, comes in a hair late. Cheney, waving the band to stop. Okay, little trouble there. No problem. Let's pick it up from 17. Cheney claps. Jackie plays. Cheney waves him to stop again. Uh, not my tempo, okay? <laughs> Cheney claps again. Then another wave from Jackie to stop. Downbeat on 18, okay? Cheney says. He's still soft, calm, warm. He claps again. Then, stopping. Cheney says. The and of four. Bar 17. The and of four. He claps off. Stops Jackie again only seconds later. 17, the and of four, okay? And you're rushing a little. Jackie nods, getting nervous now. Cheney claps again, stops again. Not quite my tempo. <laughs> All good. Here we go. He's about to clap off when, out of nerves, Jackie hits his bass drum early. No. Ready, Cheney says. Cheney claps, stops Jackie yet again. Sorry, you're, you're dragging a little now. Jackie tries to pull his seat up, getting anxious, flustered. All set. Jackie nods. Get it together. Get it together, man. Cheney claps. Stops. You're rushing. Claps again. Stops again. Dragging. Claps again. Jackie plays, expecting another stop, but it doesn't come. Cheney just nods, as though now satisfied, then slowly turns around, puts his hands on a spare chair, Looks like he's about to sit down when, like a flash of lightning, he whips the chair up and hurls it straight towards Jackie's head. Jackie ducks as the chair catches the top of the bass drum, almost toppling it over. An ear-piercing clang of cymbals as Jackie's sticks go flying across the room as the chair hits the floor. Then total silence in the room. Jackie is shell-shocked, beyond shaken. What the hell just happened? Change. Why do you suppose I just rolled that chair at your head, Jackie? I don't know. Yes, you do! I... Were you rushing or were you dragging? I don't know. Cheney bounds up to him, almost running, suddenly beast-like, terrifying, veins set to burst. Cheney starts counting. Five, six, seven, in four, damn it. One, two, three, four, Jackie says. Cheney slaps Jackie on his left cheek, then keep counting. Was I roughing or dragging? I don't know. I don't know. Start counting again. Was I rushing or dragging? I don't know. One, two, three, four. Bop it up, it up, it up. Rushing? Are you upset? I don't know. Are you upset? I'm upset. Louder. I'm upset. You weren't this piece of friendly shit. Tight-lipped little piece of shit whose mommy ran out on daddy when she realized he was Eugene O'Neill. And who's now weeping and slobbering all over his drum kit like a 15-year-old girl. So for the last fucking father fucking say it louder. Jackie, tears pouring out now. I'm upset! Blip. Crocabunga. Oh, man. You inhabit that role a little bit too easily. It felt really good. Yeah, it felt... I liked the way it felt. You got lost in it. Yeah. I feel like this could become Mean Man Teaches Podcast to a boy. I mean, it depends on whether or not you're on my tempo. Yeah, I'm on your tempo. Well, you know sorry. I am. Not quite my tempo. I, I think I am. I think... Jack? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Let's count. One, two, two three, three, four. four. One, two, two three, three, four. four. Okay. So... Not quite my tempo. Okay. One, okay. two, two three, three, four. four. One, two, two three, three, four. four. Uh, I would like to introduce a 
motion to dismiss. <clears throat> okay. And what? Sorry, it's very difficult for me to. I'm trying to introduce a motion to dismiss, but there's this porpoise that's weeping, just weeping in the hallway. Can you ignore have him, him? Can you have, have him have him kicked out? We're gonna have him executed. Oh God! He's capital so, punishment. He's brought his young son with him. A small, no, I know. A we just we porpoise. just had a sentencing here, hearing moments before. The, it was actually the hearing before this one. We yeah. had a sentencing hearing for the porpoise. We decided we would execute him. The slabiest porpoise. The slabiest porpoise. Yeah. yeah. But what about his young children? Are they included in that? Will no, they we're going to make taken them taken to foster homes. Nope. We're just going to make them watch their father die, and then we're going to set them into the wild, like oh God, they're all Game weeping. of Thrones. They're all yep. weeping now. The whole Porpoise family. It's very difficult for me to concentrate. I'm trying to introduce a motion to dismiss, which is our Burn of the Week segment. But there's these porpoises that are just... It's a its a real racket. No, it's very sad. And if you feel the need to approach the bench, you should be <laughs> welcome to. But Okay. All right. Well, I could tell that you're a hard judge. Oh yeah, I mean those porpoises are is so cute. They're you know? so cute. The slabiest Lawful porpoise. Good. I'm not sure that we've talked about this on the podcast before, but the slabiest porpoise is so cute and friendly. Well, not for much longer. Soon he's going to be porpoise meat. <laughs> okay, good. We can all celebrate. <laughs> so this is my motion to dismiss. It's where we dis we do a diss from a miss. Okay, the Didn't miss love that. The miss is it's a, where we do a burn of the week. It's the burn of the week. The miss is Cokie Mason, and I am in honor of Cokie Mason, Perry Mason. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, famous TV attorney. Yeah, I am Judge Judy. <laughs> okay, famous TV judge. Yeah, uh, Cokie. I just want. I I don't even know which one I'm going to read. This is just an opportunity to talk about something we haven't talked about. Cokie just permeates the pages of this novel. Here's my worry with what you're approaching is Koki's burns are wicked. World class, yeah. but too mean. So mean. Koki's so mean. She's, She's so an good. evil person. I'm just going to have to choose It's almost impossible to choose one burn from Koki cuz she Koki does an amazing thing. She like gets her own dressing room this week. She has Grace Bloom who's like her flunky put a star on the janitor's closet. Sometimes I worry that I'm your Grace Bloom. Yes. <laughs> I think that's right. You're the Grace Bloom to my Cokie Mason. That feels bad. <laughs> they, Grace is happy. <laughs> okay, let me... So I'm just gonna have to look and pick one. I wrote down 11 They're Cokie so burns. mean. I have burns too, but they're they're from... They're, they're from Logan's bros. <laughs> All right, I found my Cokie burn. I picked a Cokie burn out of a bunch. I think this is from, yeah, this is from the Cokie point of view. So get ready to inhabit Cokie's mind. I get ready to be it. inside the mind of Cokie Mason. Oh, I hate it. As told you by Perry Mason. <laughs> uh, to, <laughs> to me, Judge Judy. As, as told to Judge Judy by Perry Mason. Super Babies, are you still with us? Uh-huh. Take a moment if you need to, because Perry what's happening? Mason is a famous TV attorney, attorney. played yep. by um, Andy Griffith, I guess. Should we look that up? Raymond Burr. Raymond Burr. Okay, so I hope you're with us, Super Babies. Sorry, I was thinking of Matlock when I said, "Yeah, Andy well, we'll, we'll save Matlock for another uh, segment." So you're with us, right? Perry Mason, famous TV attorney, is talking to Judge Judy, but he's inhabiting the mind of Cokie Mason. Yes. And he's, he's introducing a motion to dismiss from this miss. Which miss? Cokie Mason. Okay. Sorry, I'm so powerfully tired. No. Good, bad. Go Ready? Ahead. Anyway, we were Remember sitting- that time we were in Mexico City together, and I only had a few hours of sleep, and I got so cranky and oh angry God. at I've, you and Andrew and Jim? I've that never seen That was the crankiest I've ever been in my life. I have never seen you or anyone that cranky who wasn't, like, drunk. You weren't drunk. You were just- so I was cranky. just cranky. I just needed to go to bed. And, and you, you were guys with... were just like, let's go get one more drink. And I was just like, I am so fucking tired right now. And this was like, you had flown to Mexico City and had f- somehow figured it out so that like your best friend from work and your best friend from high school and one of your best friends from college all met up together. Yep. And you met us and you were just We met a- up. An, you're just like we all went out guys. for drinks and Stop dinner, talking. and I was just like, I need all of you to stop fucking talking. <laughs> yeah, 
I remember we came back to our Airbnb and like you all walked into the Airbnb and none of you turned on the lights. And I was like, why don't you turn on the fucking lights, you idiots? <laughs> and I like slapped them on and just like immediately went to bed. Yeah. God, I was so angry. I was Jim so and, cranky. Jim and I really bonded over it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm feeling right now. Roughly. Okay. Good. Well, I'm going to skip the Perry Mason voice and I'm just going to do the Koki Mason voice. And get ready for get ready to for this diss. Okay. That's miss. the burn of the week. Yep. From a miss. Anyway, we were sitting in the back row of our social studies class, passing notes back and forth about what's going on with General Hospital. The this tone is essentially how I read every Koki Mason That's chapter. Good. The soap we started watching last year. If one of us has to miss it, the other takes notes. We try to catch each other up during school before the next episode comes on. I had passed Grace a note. She'd passed one back with a question. I had answered it, and she was working on another question when an alien note appeared on my desk. It had come from Ellie Zalagi, who sits right in front of me. Ellie's not a good friend or anything, but she's okay. I think she would like to hang around with Grace and me, but so far we haven't let her. Maybe when her complexion clears up. <laughs> as a, I think the reason this felt so mean to me is because, like, as a boy in high school who had, like, really bad, like, acne. Yeah. Like, this was one of my main concerns. Yeah. It was like, God, I hope someday my complexion clears up and I can oh, be man. friends with Cokie Mason. <laughs> and it did. And I feel like that happened. Like, you're and, in Cokie Mason. And here like you we are. said before. Grace Bloom and Cokie. I'm the Grace Bloom to your Cokie Mason. Yeah, I think and that's I true. Clear, beautiful skin. And that's why we're buds. My motion to dismiss. Uh, your Honor? Yes. <laughs> I am TV's Matlock, as played by Andy Griffith. Uh, I am Judge Reinhold. Okay, you know, his name is just Judge Reinhold, and he's not a judge. In this scenario, he has become a judge. Okay. This is from a Sam POV chapter. Mm-hmm. Sam is a 10th grader at Stony Brook High School. He's dating an 8th grader called Stacy McGill mm-hmm. at um, Stony Brook Middle School. Mm-hmm. My friends call me a cradle robber. They refer to Stacy as my grade school girlfriend. They say things like, what time does she have to go down for her nap? <laughs> and do you have to get a permission slip from her mommy before you can <laughs> take her out? And are you going to take her for dinner or just... Give her a bottle. <laughs> they think these things are hysterical. They are. They are, Sam. Motion sustained. Motion sustained. Sam, your friends are very funny and you're a pill. Yeah, Sam, your friends are fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, oh, there's another tenor- elder god, too. Mr. Stud, the dating god. Oh, yeah. Because Sam is dating Stacy and his bros are giving him shit for dating a younger woman. So he talks to his brother, Charlie. Now, Charlie is not exactly Mr. Stud. He is not the dating god, but he is my brother, and he's two years older than me, and he has several girlfriends, so I asked him for advice. So what we know about Charlie is that he's good at dating, but he is not this dating god, one of the great elders, the great old ones. Yeah. Mr. Stud. Mr. Stud. The god of dating. Um, And we should probably add it to our me like a debonkey. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess all of us are prostrating ourselves before the great old one bonky mr stud the dating god yes who dictates right. how bonky is done can and, and, and should and, be and, and passes it down to us and we won't have time to talk about it this week but next week we're going to revisit it it's it's also like up until now that's been a big part of me like it we haven't discussed it yet but that's part of the world building of me like it a bonky is that we are all trying to satisfy the god of dating mr yeah, stud mr stud yes and that's why we're doing this yeah yeah, nobody likes it. Nobody really likes it. Mm-mm. We have to say we do. Yeah, it's icky. Tanner, let's leave. Bullfrogs. <laughs> Peeplex monster. Da, da, da. Okay, yes, I'm ready to go. You're ready to go. Let's leave. Tanner, thank you for bearing with me. Super Babies, thank you for bearing with us. Jack. Yes. I was what? just I was correcting you on the fly. You said Super Babies, thank you for bearing with. And I knew you were going to say us, but I actually didn't do anything that needed to be Bared. Born with. Right. So Born. I wanted, I just wanted to quickly correct you and say thank you for bearing with Jack. Great. Tanner, thank you for bearing with me. Super Babies, thank you for bearing with me, Jack Shepard. Yep. And you're welcome for everything Tanner said. Yeah. Please take a moment to rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. Please do do that. 
please it do do that. A world of difference. Please buy our merch, bit.ly slash merch. There's lots of good merch out there. And while you're buying things, buy a $10 ticket to our live show in February. If bit.ly slash live. Yeah. We're doing a live show in February, and you can February get 20th. tickets there um, in New York. But at Little Feed Fields. Little Field. If you don't live in New York, here's the good news. Yeah. You can just buy a plane ticket to come here to watch us do the live show on February 20th. Yeah, but then that would put too much pressure on us because people would have flown a long way to see us. That's not our problem. Okay. So regardless of where you are in the world, please do buy a plane ticket to Brooklyn, New York. You're welcome to stay in my guest room. Mm Mm-hmm. We will not have had the baby by then, so you should be fine. Sarah's coming, and Cyril's coming. He's going to be at the show? No, fuck no. I okay. get a babysitter. It's at like eight. So yeah. That's past Cyril bedtime. Yeah. Come to our live show, Baby Nation. This week, I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. This week, we read a novel that was called Starring the Babysitter's Club. And next week, we're going to be reading a little book called Babysitter's Club Super Special Number 10, Sea City, Here We Come. Written by Pete Larangis, Anne Martin, mm-hmm. and that sweet, sweet Ugh. Pete with his sweet, sweet feet. He's back in our lives, Jack. Can you believe it? The sweetest of Pete's. Oh, I- oh, oh the sweetest Pete. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> Those are all the things you need to know. In the meantime, round off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, have fun and be careful, and I'm yours till I see the salad dressing. I think that's something we say now. (laughs) Good night. Good night. Oh, shit. Here's something I wanted to do, and I caught a note. Okay, let's do that. Bullfrogs came back as an expletive. Yeah. And I wanted to do the whole episode where we never said fuck once and only said bullfrogs. I, Can we go? Should we start over? Uh, if you're editing it, I'll say bullfrogs now once. Okay, say it six times so I can kind of like... Say it six times in different intonations. But you'll have to put this up front. <laughs> okay. Bullfrogs. Bullfrogs. Bullfrogsing. <laughs> uh-huh. That makes sense, actually, yeah. Bullfrogsing. Bullfrogs! Mother bullfrogser! Less hesitation. Mother bullfrogser! That's good. So that's something I wanted to do. David Michael and um, Carrie Bruno bring back bullfrogs as a curse. That was a HeadGum Podcast.